Alrighty, welcome to another episode of Yala Bye. Yala But This is episode, I have no idea anymore uh, That we are recording remotely as we are all working from home under Circuit Breaker mode in Singapore Congrats on surviving one week of Circuit Breaker Today is officially not day 7 already No, uh, it kicked off, no not yet we are, we, I mean, today in the sense we are recording it on Monday yeah. This will go out on Tuesday So if you are listening to this yeah. Then it would be one one week already, like. yeah, oh, So yeah, you were saying yeah. you were saying with that sort of foresight, uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm I, I yeah. live in the moment. Uh, I live in the moment. I yeah, don't think yeah. about the future. Uh. You live in the past. This this podcast <laughs> considered in the past by the time people listen. Oh, yeah, to it, it would have been one week. No, but yeah. it's so it's so in some ways sobering, right? They're, like we've only been through one week, but every fucking other country like Wuhan, I think is the top seventy-seven. Yeah. Then like. Every like so many other countries, I think Malaysia just extended by another two weeks, mm, mm. and theirs is like hardcore lockdowns, yeah. Yeah, and they're already talking. I mean, you see people who post stuff online. They're like, oh, you know, it's been like a three weeks or four weeks since I've been outside and all that. So they they seem to be surviving. That's the good thing. They're not yeah. dying or anything. So yeah, okay lah. I mean, I mean, yeah lah. Like, but <laughs> but it's just funny given the context of where Singapore's at, which already I think is a lot lesser now. I mean, in terms of the number of people still out and about lah. Mm. But uh, there was one article I saw just um, about with a picture of East Coast Park on April twelfth, and it fucking blew my mind. Yeah, yeah you're talking about Pierre Peng's, Pierre Peng's post ah. No, I don't. I, I don't know about that post. The but he also posted yeah, something. he posted a photo of supposedly of East Coast Park, but he did the cardinal sin la, The cardinal sin, which is this, what's happening these days. He posted a photo that was taken by a friend, so it wasn't his own photo. <laughs> so after that, it was quite cool. Shout out to Paul Foster, cause Paul Foster after that he wrote in the comments. He said, "Hey, bro, I was there around." 2 to 3 p.m. and it was empty. So maybe, maybe it was another. I think Paul Foster is like <laughs> silently calling him out la, for that, for that uh, very oh, boomer, fuck, yeah. that boomer yeah. gaff. Yeah. God damn. No, my, like, my question was like, for people who take these photos when it's crowded, right? Yeah. Unless you're a journalist or something, what the fuck are you doing there? You yeah, know, like there's exactly. one thing about you taking a picture, unless you got like the Huawei P50, P60, whatever, you zoom in from like two kilometers away. Yeah. Like, the fact that you take these pictures... Because, I mean, I'm still seeing, like, Facebook stories. Like, some of my idiot friends are just, like, reveling in the fact that, oh, Orchard Road is empty. And I just saw one where she's walking in the in some shopping centre in Orchard. And the fucking PA system, someone is saying, you know, for the safety of everyone, please stay at home. And she jokingly talks to her boyfriend who's taking a video saying, oh, you know, I want a subway. I'm like, fuck that, man. Like, there are people who need to be out for whatever reason, but you just went for a jog or something. God damn. I wouldn't even call her a friend. Uh. She's just an acquaintance on Facebook who happened to be friends. Uh. Then why are, you, why are you stalking her so... so no, not stalking closely. her. Uh. Facebook stories <laughs> is at the top. No, and I think she's not even an acquaintance. I think we matched on Tinder way back and for some oh, reason we I became see. Facebook friends. I see. Um, but, but Wait, so I she's mean, jogging in Orchard? No, she just finished jogging just based on her attire. Uh. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so I she, just saw that. I was like, she's exercising lah. Uh. Uh yes, but okay. it just felt it just felt like oh you know like oh you know I'm so cool walking around Orchard Road blah blah I don't give a fuck I want a subway while the fucking PA is telling me to stay at home. Oh I see I see. <sighs> maybe I'm just all that uh, pent up like Tinder potential that never happened. Uh. Yeah maybe yeah, maybe there's I mean at least <laughs> your whatever you're saying has just been discounted by fifty percent uh. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it sounds like you're just sour grapes. But I mean the one thing is I did see is like uh families that were like say playing mm. frisbee or something in the parks they mm. were caught by officers like and apparently now the official word is yeah like, you can't do recreational f- uh stuff like playing football or playing frisbee even if you say that that's exercise like because yeah, that's, that's like that, a social thing uh. and if you're a family like fuck man like okay i don't have my kids so i when i have kids in future there'll probably be a lot of fucked up things i do in front of them and i might not be the perfect role model but in a time like this like come on man like frisbee because I can imagine you go running and even then if you're going running don't go run at the parks like. you don't need a park to run you know um, and that's why I still see people congregate Ugh. but yeah we're we are totally digressing from from no we're not we're kind no, of we're taking not, a tangent yeah, we're taking yeah, a tangent we're, I mean, setting, we're s- setting the context for the topic which is COVID related yeah yeah it's just that it's a, it's a very I think every day everyone's trying to adjust to this reality and, and also trying to realise that I'm uh, trying to um, square the fact that there's a lot of uh, crazy people out there um, you know yeah. people who are still congregating people who are still doing a lot of things in spite yeah. of there, there being fines in place for all these things uh. and yeah. also kind of re- recognising that the crazy people is not just a Singapore thing uh. I think maybe we do it in certain unique ways but people flouting the lockdown rules I think it happens everywhere in the world yeah uh, yeah yeah 
Although, although Singapore exceptionalism again. Yeah, yeah, let's not let's not go there. La. But yeah, uh, yeah la, actually my one shock thing is something about later lah. My one shock thing will be something about someone flouting the the stay home rule. La. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> but before we get there, before we get there, we do have I think this is the first time in a while where we have two kind of separate topics and the second topic isn't even about COVID, right? Yeah, it's not, man. It's not Oh my god. It's about I can't remember the last It's about frontline it's about frontline workers, but it's not about <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Frontline workers doing backdoor stuff. Yeah. Fucked yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, so we we'll will get, get to we'll that. Get yeah. We'll get there. But the first topic we're talking about was kind of inspired by this Facebook post that someone made earlier today mm. about an article in Lian He Zapao. Is that yeah. the front, correct pronunciation? Uh, close enough. Lian, close enough. Yeah. Lian He Zapao, which is the, yeah. the, the Chinese newspaper, the main Chinese newspaper in Singapore. Yep. Correct. Right. And it was a letter written to the forum, right? Yeah, that's right. So, essentially, I mean, it was titled We Shouldn't Engage in Needless Finger Pointing During This Pandemic. So, it was a Chinese letter and the Facebook uh, person who posted, the person who posted it on Facebook took the time to translate it. Um, admittedly, uh, uh, from her own accord, it's not the most accurate translation, but it captures the gist. Like, I think in the comments, there was some correction. But yep. essentially, it talks about how uh, the the needless finger pointing that the writer writes that shouldn't be happening, right? It's not so much at um, the government. It's it's not it's not so much at the government. But what the person's saying is that we should acknowledge the fact that the foreign workers and the spike in cases are around foreign worker dormitories are in some mm. way attributable attributed attributable to them and mm. their habits. Their hygiene habits, are right? Their hygiene habits, yeah. Mm. So. So certain, I mean, she starts off with, uh, just to give a quick run through, she starts off saying, you know, uh, when she was little, she lived in a small HDB flat. Her parents taught her how to organize and clean the house, blah, blah, blah. Our lifestyle habits and personal character are cultivated when we are young, blah, blah, blah. Kind of setting the context and then she goes, boom. Migrant workers in Singapore come from different backgrounds. Some mm. of them are high-flying expats, others are construction workers, cleaners who lead hard lives. And that she kind of points out that, okay, your, your hygiene habits are cultivated when you're young uh, mm. and just so happens that a lot of the migrant workers in dormitories now mm. probably came from more village or rural type areas. So, in her words, they they might be a lot more comfortable living around cockroaches and lizards. So, why should we assume that the the poor hygiene in the dormitory is the government's fault and not just just the way they live? Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's normal. You know, wake up with just a few cockroaches around you, you know, say mm-hmm. good morning to all of them, you know, like, mm. like rub the head of a lizard nearby. Um, yeah, before you get sarcastic, and just you know, just give give okay, her okay. points first, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's if true. Not, if not, I you're like, painting it in a different picture, a different yeah. picture for people. Yeah, I guess the the lack of social interaction is making me just like burst out emotionally at every given chance. Uh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll curb my emotions. Curb yeah. my emotions. Okay. So, um, then she said, yeah, and this is a a quotation of an English translation done by a non-professional translator, like, But essentially. Stuff she said like they live in the countryside, may see insects such as lizards and cockroaches as normal. Um and um in in other words, okay, so also the practice of sitting together to eat is a habit for migrant workers. Sometimes they eat their lunch in the HDB void decks, they also just put down a piece of cardboard to rest because yeah, okay, that's her point. I will not get the sarcastic <laughs> yet. Um <laughs> yeah. and then she said, as long as they don't disturb people, we become used to it. There's no harm in such a practice. But I sometimes see them discard their lunch boxes and drinks by the side, dirtying our environment. Um and then she quotes a source according to one person who has worked in the construction industry for ten years. The con- condition of migrant workers, do- migrant worker dormitories have already improved significantly over the years. La. Um, mm. And then dormitories already hire cleaners to help maintain hygiene. So if it's dirty, it is not so much the cleaners part, it's l- it's the part of the workers that they did not respond, they did not fulfill la, because they also are supposed to be responsible for the cleanliness. Mm. So, and then she, she sums up with um, uh, things saying personal hygiene efforts don't improve, things will remain the same. Uh, blah 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 I have a friend who formerly rented out her apartment to migrant workers and when her friend came back two years ago she was shocked to see cockroaches and lizards everywhere and yeah. then the final the final uh, she closes up by saying finger pointing and criticisms are easy to do aren't migrant workers also to blame for this huge rise in COVID-19 mm. cases mm. Um, but the writer says COVID-10 for some reason I don't know whether she had the maybe she wrote this like years ago 
Um, oh. And then instead of blaming the government, why not assume personal responsibility? Blah 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 blah. Because the Singapore government has already done a very good job. Okay, yeah. I'm done being subject objective. Now I need to be subjective. Yeah. No, but then like, the, what the, the fuck the, is this, man? But the first thing I I I, I will ask: Are you are you very surprised that uh, people people think like that? That there's okay, someone I'm, who thinks like that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I guess based on my emotional state just now, you might assume mm. that oh my god, I'm shocked, but I'm not lah. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I how many not percent? Let's say if you could put a percentage of it, how many percent of Singaporeans do you think think like that? Mm, so first, my what I would do is I would think of a percentage and then I would double it. So okay. I would say maybe actually, I would say maybe half. Mm. I would have. Yeah. I would, my answer would have been about. Thirty to forty percent, probably. So so we're not too far off from each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so yeah. that's the thing, I, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, When we're talking about this topic, I was just like, um, yeah, you know, as much as we want to single out this person who wrote the letter, right? Actually, they who knows? Uh, they might, it might be even more than half, like, When we, if you really had to look into the numbers, that's the yeah. crazy thing, uh. But yeah, well, so what was your subjective response to this? I mean. I guess it's it's just one of those things that um, you know you 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 can fathom it happening. You can do this, but when it actually happens, you're like, oh my god, what the fuck? You know, yeah. it's kind of like you know, like I mean, seeing how people can uh, people's behaviors change a lot when they are confronted upfront with whatever they fear or whatever they dislike, yeah. And sometimes even expecting the worst when the worst happens, you're like, oh my god. So this is just a written example of that. Uh, that I can totally see um, the the a lot of people thinking about this. And even if you look at uh, arguments, you can see some sort of logic. La. It's not just yeah. a mindless rant. The scary yeah. thing is that it's logical, but very unfair. Yeah. And and to people who maybe might not consider or think about this a lot, which i.e. people who forward shit on WhatsApp without thinking, this can be a very dangerous article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because she, she does make observations based on what she sees them do in Singapore, right? Yeah, uh, I think the dangerous part is she just automatically links it to what her image of what their life is like in India, lah, right? Yeah, or, or wherever they come from, and without thinking about it, maybe somewhere in between, there's a uh, there's some causal factors, like why they why they're like that. For example, like twelve people being squeezed into one room, it's it's a lot harder to take care of your your so called hygiene situation and all that. I can't yeah. think. Uh. So so she doesn't factor that into account at all, and it just. So it almost lays lays the blame squarely at the feet of of those people, lah, right? Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. it's like yeah, it's like one of those things that uh, I guess in term okay, like to me, cleanliness is always like a it's almost it's 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 an important thing, but like with most things, it falls on a list of your priorities, uh, right? If you are wait, so you're saying like, as in it's not a big priority to you? No, no, I would say it dip it is a is a different level of priority for different people. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If if okay, let's say when I was a student, like right, mm. um, I remember when I was uh studying in the U.S. and and living with some some housemates, um, yeah, the the time to clean just meant time away from drinking, time away from all this shit. So you're like, okay, there's a there's a tolerable amount, like. mm. But if I had the resources to to do it, then um, then it would be easier to attain to, like. But but with everything else going on, it falls down the priority, like. And yeah. I think for migrant workers who already lead pretty shitty lives in Singapore with so much to think about having not much of a voice and being kind of pushed into a corner work-wise, salary-wise the cleanliness I guarantee you like no. if you ask them would you prefer a room with 12 cockroaches or a room with no cockroaches I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't be like oh, you know either one's fine you know the, yeah. the, there might be some I don't know for whatever reason but generally I think you would assume that they would pick something like that like, it's just that maybe like what you said 12 people in a room Maybe twenty people sharing one bathroom. It, it there's so many constraints there, and like for mm. her to kind of extrapolate that the situation is like this because it is inherently how they behave or how they live, right? It's fucking ridiculous, like, like the yeah. thing she said about sitting down at the HDB void deck, because there have been cases where, um, I mean, I think generally, unfortunately, uh, the construction workers in Singapore or migrant workers feel 
there's this sentiment that they cannot use the facilities that are built for Singaporeans. And we have mm, seen it mm. um, ourselves. Uh, the context is four, four, five years ago, we actually made a video for our YouTube channel where we interviewed two foreign workers that we were hooked up with through TWC2, which is an NGO that helps migrant workers. And we spoke to them for three hours and we made a four-minute video uh, because at that point in time, the video had been commissioned by Mediacorp. So there was a lot of stuff they said that we couldn't put it because it was going to be broadcast on Channel 5. But they said a lot of things that basically paint a very bleak picture for anyone who comes to Singapore like, and to assume that the people do it because they want to as opposed to doing it because of a fuck ton of other shit right mm. it's it's a very uh, biased way of putting things mm. like. but what if what uh, just as a thought experiment like, you know in uh, actually Singaporean guys we also have experienced a time in our lives where we share uh, a room uh, a slightly bigger room like, not a small room a big room with like 10 other people at one go like, yeah, and that's yeah. in BMT right yeah, uh, and usually the 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 bunks and everything are super clean because we're forced to stand by our beds and do all the kind of cleaning, area cleaning, and all that. Um, yeah, you know some people. So some people think, oh, we've actually received like formal training in how to you know be disciplined about cleanliness and stuff. Uh. could that could that uh, make people think that hey, maybe that's why it's not in other cultures that don't have conscription or things like that. They might have different standards of cleanliness. Um, I mean, I think. Like across cultures, there definitely is, there definitely are different standards of cleanliness, and it's not just cultures. It's more like socioeconomic statuses, socioeconomic tiers, and and that like. So I think that does play a part. Mm. Um, whether or not going through army and clean and being forced to clean uh, in ingrains a sense of cleanliness. I don't fucking think so, man. The reason why you clean your fucking bunk in Singapore is because if you don't, then you might have to stay back one night and you cannot book out for that one measly weekend a week, la. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think I think the a lot of times, uh, we also underestimate the amount of uh, like like keeping a place clean, right? It's not just about uh, having rules or having cleaners in place or so. It, it requires like a bit like how it is now. Everyone has to play a part, la. Like if one person is filthy and leaves food around, it, like like just one bad egg out of twelve, right? If everyone else is clean, end up the the place will be infested with cockroaches and all that as well, la. And and yeah. then after that, you can't say that all twelve have not done that part right it's, it's just one it could just be point. one person right that's a very good point because if you change the context right saying that oh here's a bunch of people in a limited space who are all supposed to do the right thing yeah. why can't they do it look at fucking Singapore yeah. where there's a bunch of people in a limited space who are all supposed to stay the fuck at home if they can but people still don't do it exactly. right so yeah. in your example like if, like if someone doesn't play their part hypothetically like if if like cleaning is even supposed to be their responsibility um, yeah it could fuck up the thing for everyone else and you're just painting a one big brush across this group of people la. yeah yeah but what about the allegations of like uh, eating with hands being unhygienic and, and stuff like that la? Uh, I mean they aren't the only people in Singapore who eat with hands yeah yeah, right? yeah correct. I mean sometimes when I go to Indian restaurants or I mean, first of all, I don't, I don't eat, in, I don't eat much Indian food, uh, because they are like spicy as fuck and very rich. But I still like Indian food. But in the rare event where I go to an Indian restaurant, like in Little India or something, yeah, I would say like there's a good number of people who eat with hands, um, who are not migrant workers. Mm. Uh, eating with hands is also a big part of Malay culture, mm. right? So I would say, I mean, like honestly, the fucking number of people I've seen in malls or. CBD buildings who work as professionals who don't wash their fucking hands after they take a piss, right? Yeah. That blows my mind, <laughs> you know? But no one ever talks about that because no one pees in the open and doesn't wash their hands. But everyone has unhygienic uh, practices. La. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you can argue that by sitting down um, uh, away from other people who eat, it, there could also be some benefit. Like I've seen people uh, at at hawker centers just spit out their food on on a table, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens after that? The cleaner comes, wipes it away. But who knows what remains on the table? So by eating there, you could also be contributing to unhygienic practices. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that I mean. Okay, like like talking about people who come from rural parts of of say India or Bangladesh. I actually got a chance to spend six six weeks in a rural village in Nepal when I was uh, studying. Mm -hmm. And there, yeah, it's true. They have very different standards of cleanliness. La. And um, I was the butt of a lot of jokes because I was um, scared of bugs. Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, in, 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 the, in the village that I stayed at, it, was, it had a lot of bugs, but no cockroaches for some reason. It was when I was in Kathmandu staying for two days with the, with the family of the guy who runs the NGO that I got the internship through. 
When yeah. I was staying in his uh, small house in Kathmandu, oh my god, I've never been close to as that many cockroaches in 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 at one time. Like, and it yeah. fucking was was a freaky experience. But if like they also said they fucking hate cockroaches, yeah. but it was just the the consequence of being crammed into this small space in a t- in a tiny building with so many families. But for them, it was their way of life. Did they choose it? No. Who the hell likes cockroaches? Like, you probably get some people who have some perverted uh, sexual fetish with cockroaches. But yeah, it was, you can argue that it was their way of life, but did they want something better? Of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that, that's why it's so um, poisonous about an article like this. Like, I'm just kind of surprised they even published it in the paper. Because so, it legitimize. I feel it legitimizes a lot of these like uh, unfounded views, lah. Right. So, so why why do you think they published it? Okay, because I've I mean I understandably have never really read Lian He Zapao, yeah. but what what's your take on the overall tone of the paper? Or do they do they view on sensationalists or they actually want to be more intellectual about stuff? Or I mean, they assume that the fucking it, forum anything yeah, goes. Uh, it's a bit like the ST forum. I think anything goes. In fact, the more clicks it gets, probably the better for them. Uh, but yeah, lah. It's just a. Uh, the the thing is, I don't think it's a minority of people who actually think like that. Like, I think mm. if you ask a lot of P- Singaporeans, it'll be quite shocking the number of whom actually think like, oh, you know, yeah, migrant workers need to buck up their hygiene levels because it's and it's because of them and stuff like that, lah. So so that that's the the the, the kind of sad thing that that as much as I read this and feel like, oh my god, what a terrible thing to write. Uh, it actually probably more likely reflects a large proportion of how uh, Singaporeans think about migrant workers. Huh? Why don't yeah. you test? Why don't you in your WhatsApp group you just forward this and see <laughs> what people say? Do they give like the thumbs up? <laughs> or yeah. like the hand five, the, the high five emoji, you know? No, no, no. But that's the thing. Singaporeans, <laughs> they, they know not to put it in black and white. If if you want to be like racist or say something nasty, don't put it in black and white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a perfect segue into the next story, but I feel we still need to talk about this this story uh, a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, because there was also a good Rise Media article uh, that was written that was aptly titled um, The Myth of the Filthy Migrant. Yeah. So basically, the writer points out that um, this whole filthy migrant thing is not, it's not really, it's a very flexible thing that, that is very easy to use. Like, and And even in... I think in the 60s or 70s, when Singapore was just growing as a city, the Chinese migrants were, were called dirty and filthy. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were criticized for not wash, washing their hands. And then the Muslims were, were, were called filthy because they washed their hands too much, so they clogged up the drains. So, and then after that, when there was an outbreak of um, the Spanish flu, Oh, so this was back even in the early 1900s. The Spanish flu in 1918, apparently the Tamil migrant population was hit the hard, the hardest. So then they became the filthy migrant. So it's just one of those labels that I think anytime there's a group of uh, of a minority in a country that for whatever reason uh, gives potential reasons to uh, give potential um, reasons to be labeled as uh, like unhygienic or something, right? Mm-hmm. People will just accept it la, mm-hmm. without even thinking. Yeah. But I mean, just just uh, curious. But as an Indian Singaporean, do you feel uh, personally affected when people say this about migrant workers from India? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say personally affected in the sense that oh my god, I don't want people to think that I'm also a migrant worker, even though that has happened before, which I mm. we have no issues with. Um, but I just feel that no, actually, it's not so much that the Indian part of me because yeah. there are things in the past where I feel like fuck. I mean, Indian too and blah, blah. But it's not, I just feel like, even if they're talking about Burmese mig- migrant workers or something, yeah. or even PRC's uh, working, wait, is PRC a derogatory term? No, right? No, no. Pe- I mean, people y- from, yeah. chi- like Chinese immigrants also coming yeah. and labeled as mi- uh, a filthy, I would feel the same way. La. I think, la. I think, maybe we see in a few weeks, I'm like, oh, no point talking about that, it's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I asking you, so because, I mean, it's not limit. I I I don't think it's limited to just, uh, Indian or Bangladeshi workers or or people from a c- certain country la. Like Chinese, like you say like Chinese, uh, workers also they a lot of people say they have like very different habits and and different levels of hygiene and things like that. So uh yeah, in that sense I I feel, uh, I don't think it's a race thing. So so everyone can can ease off on the racism part of things, but 
but more of like just a reflection of how we treat our migrant workers, like, which seems to be uh, the very big learning that is coming out of this whole this whole issue. Because for a while there were photos uh, being taken of like apparently Chinese uh, migrants just pooping in Singapore. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was more than like one time; it was a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like a like a yearly trend. Uh, like, ooh, which minority do we pick on this year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then the question is like the I guess the upside to to all this is that it's finally putting more light on the situation of migrant workers and their dormitories and all that. Yeah. But do you think things will change after this or not? Um, I mean, I think so. In the sense that at least the the basic welfare, we now we know that okay, your 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 say your defense, your health system is only your health. Your people are only healthy as healthy as the least healthy group, la. So, mm. uh, as evidenced by this, la, like I mean, if you are living in very shitty conditions, your immune systems are probably not working that well because you're not eating good nutrition as well. I think there were some pictures of what they were being fed uh, by the caterers as well, which was quite outrageous. Like, it was just like two pieces of bread plus one spring roll, one fried spring roll, no nutrition at all. And then, you know, you'd, you'd expect that someone who eats that every single day does have very bad uh, immunity like, or develops, mm. just develops uh, problems with his health over time. So it just made us reflect a lot on like, eh, why is it that in other countries like Hong Kong and Taiwan, and they seem they managed to curb the spread of COVID at first, but then now Singapore seems to have this ticking time bomb on our hands like, with all the foreign dormitories, and yeah, maybe it just makes us we have to really reflect on what is the underlying cause of this whole thing. Oh. but what do you think? I don't know if you've been seeing it, like, but I've been seeing a lot of like, don't politicize this matter. Let us support our leaders doing what they do now, stop talking about making it about politics, about how we're treating foreign workers and the MOM and stuff like that. This is a terrible time to be playing politics. What do you think of people saying that? Eh? No, I think now is the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I'm guessing you also feel the same way, right? I mean, I, I've been posting a lot of articles because I feel, yeah, I, I do feel like if there's any time for self-reflection, the time is now when we have time. Yeah, yeah, because I know I said it a few weeks ago when we were talking about, I think, the Trace Together app that that the that the R and D arm of Singapore developed, which yeah. kind of invades people's privacy a little bit. Yeah. And I do remember saying that you know what, fuck it, now is the time we need this kind of shit to curb it. But I think that to me is a different issue than this because, I mean, that feels like an issue that affects the majority of the population, which means that there's a higher likelihood of at least the people have more of a voice. Whereas yeah. these migrant workers, right, my, my fear is that after this, okay, some policies change and all, but if you look at the policies in place that have always been in place for bringing migrant workers to Singapore, they actually look pretty okay. You know, an employer has to do this, employers mm-hmm. to do this. But as with all things, people will always fucking find loopholes, yeah. right? There's yeah. a, I think generally, if I recall when we were talking to the migrant uh, workers during the video we did uh, four or five years ago, they had already been in Singapore for four years and you mm. they had all Singapore had all the systems in place. You know, you come, you get a you get a workers pass, and then when you're working, you you can stay as long as you're working and all that. But they fell into this fell into this little limbo where they got injured mm. and they had to be taken off work. And then I think beyond a certain time of not working, you get your S pass uh, revoked, but they couldn't work because they were still sick. And yeah. they couldn't go back because their employers still had their passport. So they had been stuck in limbo for three, four years. But if you step back, you look at the policies, all the policies make sense. So yeah. what I feel this time, okay, some policies might be changed. I know uh, some of the MPs have been quite vocal, which is good that, okay, now is the time we have to look at this. And a lot of people have been sharing, you know, we've taken these people to for granted for too long and all. And I think there's even some uh, a publicly an- announced measures saying that they will be paid for their time, they will be given hospital mm. leave and all mm. that. But... Like um, e- like even for them to be paid, right? Are they generally their wage schemes are fucked up? Like for anyone generally, generally to leave their village, uh, from India or Bangladesh to come to Singapore, they have to pay a deposit first, and then when they come, their monthly salary is then used to pay the deposit. Mm-hmm. So they basically are in the hands of their employers, like, and if the employer decides, you know what, uh, you're injured, fuck off, you go back, they will be returned. They will return back to their home country with debt mm-hmm. because they cannot pay back. So what is their wage that they will be paid then? So I feel like the policies might change, but goddamn, like it, it's going to need a lot more to see them through, like, which is why I think at this point, when there is a tension, the NGOs probably have more leverage than they ever have and they should be pushing this 
as much as they can. And to anyone who says, don't politicize this, I'm like, fuck you, love. For policies that concern the masses, I think that can wait. But for stuff like this, where it's almost like a small window of opportunity, I think people should talk as much as they can, man. Yeah. And I think, I think, it's a matter of uh, national uh, national interest, la, like health. Because yeah. like, like it really shows like the weakest link in the chain is your will be your Achilles heel when some shit hits the fan. La. So yeah. you, you don't want, you you know, th- those days of like us versus them or, you know, those terrorists, they're not part of us. They're not what, Singap- they're not Singaporean. That's, those are those days are over. La. We need to look at everyone as like, whether you're foreign or local, as long as you're here, as long as you're working in Singapore, contributing to something here, we need to acknowledge that you know uh, you're one of us, and we need to take care of you, lah. Because if one, yeah, it, it just needs one person to cause a whole pandemic to start happening around, man. Yeah, and I mean it's so it's so morbid in some way that you get a bunch of people sharing on social media how awesome it is to live in these hotels, you know, under stay home notice. Yeah, but in yeah. actual fact, the hotels were built by the foreign workers who are now clustered up in their own little cluster fucks do- fuck yeah. dormitories. Yeah. And they are also sharing on social media, and of all platforms, I think they're using TikTok. TikTok Can you imagine yeah. <laughs> to yeah. to show to show the videos of of life inside the dorms, and they're not doing yeah. fucking dance dance challenges and all. They're just yeah. taking videos like, But for some reason, TikTok is their platform of choice like. yeah. But it's just yeah, you look at it, you're like, oh my god. On one hand, Singapore is being like applauded the world over for you know keeping the hotel industry alive by very smartly using them as stay home notices, so the government can kind of. Uh, get some funds to the hotels which are bleeding money which yeah. is great but then on the other hand you see this extreme and that to me sums up what Singapore has always been uh. there yeah. will always be the extreme people uh, extreme one end where people benefit from the work of the people at the other extreme uh, be it yeah. not just foreign workers but uh, the nurses teachers yeah. and I don't know I really, I, I hope that changes yeah. uh, um, I mean as content creators we yeah, like we just fall somewhere else. Like. Yeah. Oh yeah, but one one thing, I uh, one thing, if you really want to feel something for the for this, what's going on for for these foreign workers, right? Go yeah. check out. There's this video that I think came out late on like last Friday or something or uh-huh. last Saturday that showed the foreign workers moving into Jurong Camp Two, which is for most people who have for Singaporean males who have gone through reservists or are in infantry, Jurong Camp Two is probably where you spend quite a lot of time. So I literally. S- watch the foreign workers climbing up the stairs that I always climb up carrying my duffel bag and then I see them like you know picking up pillows and laying putting on the, the cover on the mattress and everything and then at that moment I felt like oh shit I felt this kinship I was like oh fuck these guys like they are actually moving into drone camp 2 might even be an upgrade in terms of in terms of their living facilities la. Ooh, yes, which yeah. makes me like oh fuck like every time I go drone camp 2 I'm like oh fuck I want to shoot myself it's so it's so sien to stay there and everything but for them, it's like probably an, uh, it's, it, if maybe it's a lot better than what they are re- actually used oh, to living shit. in. Because yeah. so for, for context, Jurong, yeah, Jurong <laughs> Camp 2 is like, I think maybe, yeah, it's quite a big space. Maybe a thousand square foot can you fit about, um, I think you can fit about 20 people, 24 people maybe. So it's mm. still quite, you still get quite a bit of space to sit around. There's a common area to sit around all. So it's still quite spacious. La, and, and that probably is, might, it might be the most spacious accommodations they've ever had. La. Oh my yeah. god. So they're so morbid, right? Like when, yeah, when Singaporeans book in, we're like, ah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. But when they go, they're like, oh my god, this is better than the shit yeah. hole we've been staying at. Yeah, so so Holy it's. I'm not, I'm not saying that I feel I, I, that, that they should be glad that they're staying there. Oh, someone someone going to take that out of context <laughs> and say, like, look yeah. at this fucking podcaster from his home, exactly. you know, just talking about his shit. Oh yeah, my god. I, I'm, saying that, that, I'm saying that if you want to uh, relate to how they, they, what their living conditions are like right now at, at this moment, and how they, they might be feeling. Like, just imagine they're in, they're in Jurong Camp 2 right now, like, booking in and, and basically cannot leave. Uh, they're stuck inside there. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, so that's scary. why, uh, in the previous podcast, we did talk about some awesome initiatives by, by NGOs and influencers, like, uh, pretty pleased to raise money for NGOs that, that need help. Mm. So, uh, I mean, we'll include the links to, to the fundraisers in the show notes as well because those fundraisers are still ongoing yeah. and, we have worked with TWC2 in the past and they, they do some great work and I think they're not the only ones. Like, there are a lot out there that are trying to do some great, some very, very important work. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Wow, wow. That was a, a deep a deep and heavy topic and and the next one we, we are going to talk about is is deep in one way. Yeah. Uh, is deep in another way. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's one of those like, 
I guess it's a nice break from all this COVID shit. La. It's a very what the fuck story, but and there's yeah. a very big karma, a story of karma and everything as well. So it's it's Oh, is it's it the karma? Talk. I mean, yeah, it's it's quite karmic, like the the fact that he brought out the lawsuit and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so why don't why don't why don't you introduce the topic? Yeah, so basically, uh there are these two doctors. Uh, one's a general surgeon in private practice. And another guy is a psychiatrist who used to be senior consultant at SGH. Um, the two of them were named as part of this lawsuit where they was, uh, at least one of them, uh, say his name is Julian, I think Dr. Dr. Julian Ong. He mm. apparently sued uh, a lady for defamation. And what had happened was that this lady uh, was, uh, I think was one of his patients that he was having an, an affair with and it was extramarital for her, but for him, he was having an affair with her. Um, and he had, then after that, he had passed on her contact to this other doctor, Dr. Chan. And it um, apparently what they have been doing is sharing information with each other about her, whether, I don't know whether it's a mental condition or anything, but basically like, because she's a patient and, and the doctor is uh, privy to a lot of private information about, about the patients, right? So he'd been sharing information with her, encouraging Encouraging the other doctor to, you know, hit on her and sleep with her and everything. Which all happened, which all happened. And apparently, yeah, between the two of them, they've been just doing this a lot. Uh. They've been sharing information about women that they see through their work, see through their patients and and ways in which you can, they can talk to them and, and end up sleeping with them. Uh. So it was a bit like a two bros like hitting the club and then like being wingmen for each other. <laughs> except oh yeah, like, except <laughs> that they were doing this as doctors. Uh, two oh. doctors and passing patients information to each other and stuff like that. So oh. that lady that he had been who who was his patient and he had been sleeping with him. Apparently they went on a holiday together, the two of them. And then during the holiday she saw this this series of WhatsApp messages between the two doctors, took screenshots and then forwarded them to senior management within SGH and the medical fraternity. And um, yeah, so this Dr. Julian Ong came forward and then filed a lawsuit for defamation against her. You so, know, saying that, so he- that he yeah. filed a def. Oh, so yeah. it wasn't just him defending her lawsuit. No, no, he, he filed was, a def. He filed oh a def because she was like, con- like sending all those screenshots to the senior management within SGH. Uh, That's why I say it's a karma thing where like the guy basically oh. none of this would have come to public light if he didn't file that lawsuit la, But he oh my God. apparently his lawyer <laughs> his lawyers so, probably advised him to, and then so this happened. His defamation basically said that, uh, yeah, he his reputation and well being had suffered distress as a result. Yeah, what correct. the fuck? And and just to clarify, um, just now you said that she was having an extramarital affair with Julian Ong. He she yeah. was actually having it with Doctor Chan. Oh, sorry, Doctor Chan. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Got so it, the person got who it. filed a lawsuit is the person who she was not having an an affair with. Ah, I see, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but then it all came to light that both of them were sleeping with her, la, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, did Doctor, did Doctor, Ong, both of them slept with her. I thought it was only one. But yeah, then, I believe, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the relationship. Yeah, they did. They slept together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. It's, it's oh my god. Wow. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, but, but I think, um, oh no. Okay. I don't know whether it's the same one, but I think one of the evidences that came up in that in that uh, messages that she took photos of was yep. that Doctor Ong, Doctor Chan had, uh, uh, sent a, a photo, a nude photo of a of one of his patients to Doctor yeah. Ong, yeah. and Doctor Ong eventually. No, if the other way, sorry. Dr. Ong sent a, a nude photo of a patient to Dr. Chan has a preview in air yeah. quotes and yeah. then Dr. Chan um, did have sex with her. Like. I don't know whether it's the same person who was having an extramarital affair but yeah. basically they were, they were up to fucking shit. Like. And I mean, at one point I also was thinking, okay, so here's this woman who's having an extramarital affair with a doctor and then takes photos and then emails SGH. And I was thinking, whoa, like what must be going through her head? But her relationship with Dr. Chan deteriorated before she sent the emails out. Yeah, correct, correct, yeah. Yeah, which I guess makes sense. But, I mean, she sounds like, oh my God, what was she going through as well, man? Can you imagine her husband like, yeah, finding out like, wait, what? Yeah, through a lawsuit. <laughs> not, uh. Yeah, not just that your wife was having an extramarital affair, but your wife was having an extramarital affair with doctors, with a doctor who had included her in his final fucking catalogue of patients yeah. that his doctor bro friend could have sex with. And the what crazy the thing is that man. he's a psychiatrist, you know, so yeah. can you imagine like, I mean, psychiatrists deal with mental health issues and the last thing you expect is for them to also be eyeing you as a as a potential, you know, um, 
a potential one night stand la. so it's like it's kind of creepy to think about that la. Yeah, and then to be so like delusional that you think you can win a case against this woman uh, mm, for causing mm. you uh, s- distress that fucking takes the cake man but yeah. then you know just now you asked me one question which I'm gonna ask you do yeah. you having heard all this do you find it surprising that this thing can happen or happened uh, I mean uh, I, I you know, the, the, the thing I think is that uh, a lot of people when I first tell them about this they're like oh you know wow I mean okay some friends are not a lot uh, a friend of mine was like wow they're quite baller right these two and then I'm like uh, it, it's baller if it wasn't their patients uh, to me primarily Basically, like, if these two doctors, they go out to clubs and they do that thing and and everything and then, you know, out of their own, um, they meet people socially and then they, you know, do whatever they do. That's their own private problem. Lah. But the fact is that they breach their so-called patient-doctor relationship and then even used, probably used uh, what they knew about these patients against them, if if anything. And that's where it's, it's kind of, is as much as I, I can say I don't expect it, it's like, uh, it's not something that you sh- you will see very often. I think, I think a lot of people who are worried about their careers, they wouldn't risk having these kind of things happen, lah. So so so. Uh, I I mean I mean, the the I'm totally aware that there's a lot of people in society who are swingers and everything, and that's that's cool. But it's just don't don't shit and eat in your own backyard, lah. You know. Yeah, it's just I don't know, Zell. Like I mean, just looking at this article at. At some point, uh, <laughs> and I mean, the, 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 the weird thing is also reading this in the context of a legal case where yeah. they're describing things. Uh, so apparently the the judge kind of um, reprimanded Dr. Ong for giving an explanation that his reference to having anal sex with a patient was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, you just really, you're like, can you imagine the judge also looking yeah. at like, oh my gosh, he has to look through all the WhatsApp messages. But yeah. I mean, going back to what you said, I actually am not surprised that this happens and I think it probably happens a lot more than people think um, because, I don't know, like, yeah, anytime there's, there's, I just feel like, yeah, there's, there's always something about being human where like if an opportunity presents itself and you can assume that no one might get harmed, even mm. though it morally or ethically is terrible, I don't know. I think everyone feels uh, a pull to do it. Like. Not to say that it's fair, but it just, it doesn't surprise me. Like. And like, fuck man, I think I think this probably sends shockwaves in the medical community to all the yeah. other fuckers out there who have like the telegram groups and all that. Like, but but that's they, the thing, that's the thing. I mean, that why, why I say I'm surprised is that they did not delete their WhatsApp messages or something, like, you know, which I thought is like, if you're going to do this kind of thing, at least like, you know, be really diligent about deleting your internet history and stuff. And you look at these two guys' faces, they look like, they look like they could be politicians, uh, the kind of face, you know, the oh, haircuts. Yeah, yeah. They look like RI boys who, you know, went to medical school and then maybe can run for election next. But then they're doing and this behind behind everyone's backs. So it's crazy. And I mean, like Julian Ong, his private practice is still, the website is still up. And yeah. if you click on it, it just feels like, what the fuck is going on here, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, not not that you should judge anyone based on their sexual activity. I think I think the big the big problem is the whole patient doctor relationship, lah, which appears to have been very uh, badly breached here. Yeah, and like, oof, and because mm. yeah, you think I about mean, it, doctors doctors are very desirable, right? Like they could walk into any uh, social gathering or event and and all that and. And right now, especially now, people just clapping for you everywhere you <laughs> yeah, walk. <that's> <laughs> like <laughs> frontline workers, you know everything. You can anything you say, and any like like I've said before, doctors, you you can be the biggest asshole in the world, but because of your job, like you know, no one can say anything bad about you. Uh. But these guys, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine all the frontline workers who are risking their lives, you know, being yeah. away from family, and then yeah. they see this article, they're like, "These mother chibai yeah. like, <laughs> must spoil the fucking." Because this article, I think the the ruling that his defamation suit is a bunch of bullshit only came out a few days ago. So mm. in the midst of all frontline workers, you know, being like the superheroes of the world, right? Yeah, there are two fucking doctors who just just the just have to do something this stupid, uh. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, they didn't just do it. Like. I think the lawsuit started in 2018. Yeah, Yeah, so it's probably been ongoing. In fact, like, I mean, uh, it's, it sounds like there's more than just more than just that lady. Like, there's other ladies as well involved and other, you know, married ladies and stuff like that. So so it's very... I mean, yeah, not cool. Not cool, bro. Not cool. 
that kind of thing. <laughs> uh. Sleeping with another man's wife and all that. Uh. No, and then like, yeah, it's just, wow, these two people, I wonder what they're up to now. Uh. Yeah. Do you think at 8pm on Mondays, they still stick their head out and think, yeah, those people clapping, <laughs> I deserve some of that. Uh. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Man. Maybe they're thinking, okay, how do I get the phone numbers of those people clapping? <laughs> and you know, you know what? Uh, what I had to do to find the articles. All I did when I went to Google, I was like, "Doctor Singapore sex," and oh, they and were the first news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. First, exactly. first news articles that came out. And their photos <laughs> are so. The, the funny thing is, their photos are so goody two shoes, right? Both of them. Yeah. It's the kind of photo that you see at the board of directors hanging in the hospital. That kind of. Yeah, <laughs> one of them has like all the certs in the background. The other one has one of those cloudy backgrounds that you yeah. see in studios and all. Yeah. And then the links in these articles. Basically, like, I know newspapers would probably want to add links to articles that are, that are relevant to the topic. Lah, but the first mm. one is, read also, doctor found guilty of brutally bashing ex-girlfriend for refusing to have sex with him. I think yeah. we may have talked about that in a previous podcast. Um, four husbands yeah. in court for allegedly conspiring to rape one another's wives. We definitely talked about that in a, yeah. in a previous podcast. Yeah. Maybe we can link to those podcasts <laughs> <laughs> in the show notes of this, just like the newspaper articles are doing. Lah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're not we're not laughing at any of the victims here, like We're just saying, um, like yeah, sometimes, you know, doctors, uh, I mean, they also they're also bad eggs, lah. It's not not you can't you can't just blanket say everyone is also, like perfect angels or anything either, lah. Right. Yeah. So as you clap on Monday, say you're clapping, you just shout. I'm clapping for frontliners who do not have sex with their patients. <laughs> exactly. No, just clap. Yeah. You gotta put an asterisk, <laughs> la. You gotta have a big <laughs> asterisk where asterisk. you're clapping. <laughs> Well, you save yeah, nine yeah. lives, but you had sex with your patient. Fuck off. Thank you, thank yeah. you, frontline workers. You. Except if you have sex with your patients. Except yeah. if you thank have you, sex with your you. patients. Yeah. That'll be the longest hashtag ever. Yeah. <laughs> SG United for frontliners, except frontliners who have sex with their patients. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Oh, God man. damn. God damn. Yeah. But worth okay. reading. Worth a read, la. Worth a read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worth a read. We'll put it in the in the show notes and uh, uh Yalabad subreddit. Yeah. Which brings us uh, to the final segment. The one shook thing. Yeah. The one you want to go ahead. Oh, my one shock thing? Nah. Uh yeah. there was yesterday was Easter Sunday, right? And uh mm. I'm not big on Easter or anything, but uh I think in Italy the the soprano, I think the opera singer, Andre, uh, Andrea Bocelli, mm, they got mm, him mm. to come and do a solo concert uh for Easter la, where he sang uh Amazing Grace and it was pretty fucking crazy the acoustics are amazing because he was singing in front of a deserted cathedral like there was nobody on the streets and so you could hear like you know the sound bouncing of the the the, the buildings and, and the, the streets and and then they showed all the images of and then they went and then from there they went and showed all the images of like empty streets of paris the empty streets of in other countries as well so it's just wow what a I mean, it was a very, it was very beautiful, uh, and and it really shows you, it really allows you to enjoy, uh, these cities without the throngs of tourists and people they have, and with the soundtrack of and Andrea Bocelli singing, but also like a very dark way of of saying like this is the kind of these are the times we're in, when, basically we are searching for, an amazing grace to come and save us, uh. Wow, serious, uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, so so man. you can check out the video on YouTube, like, It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. So uh, my one shock thing is I saw Joe Rogan, who are one mm. of our our podcasting gods. Yeah. Um, he reposted something that was posted by Tom Green, who is another comedian, mm. uh, which was a clip back uh, from from two thousand and seven when Tom Green converted his living room into a talk show set. Mm. Um, and it was I mean talk shows have been around for a longest time lah, but. Joe Rogan himself said that just and he was a guest on that on on the show at that clip and it was it was nothing fancy it wasn't an actual program it was just yeah like a, a clip that they put on the internet at that point in time there was no YouTube or anything and yeah. Joe Rogan did say that it was the first time his head he, the wheels in his head started spinning about the beauty of that format la. and mm. and ultimately now like thirteen years later he's the biggest podcaster in the world mm. and uh, in that clip also I think uh, it's just Tom Green asking Joe Rogan. Like yeah, and they were talking about how the talk shows on mainstream media lost its edge the moment mm. corporate money came in, like Which I mean, you see now, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, they are entertaining, but they'll never talk about the stuff that really matters, like yeah, yeah. And just in the context of where we are at now, uh, which is a shitty situation for the entire world, mm. I think that kind of I found it very heartwarming in the sense that if you imagine back in two thousand seven to 
try something so radically different, which which at that point in time, people were like, what the fuck is this? But ultimately, it paved the way for, I mean, honest conversations or even Joe Rogan's podcast, right? I think now is the time where, yeah, if you're going through a shitty situation, um, it's a time to to also look at it as like, okay, the world is going to be changed for fucking ever after this. <laughs> is there something that you can do that might might become something in the few years' time? Like, because I think everyone is going through a shitty time. Um, I think we are also facing difficulties on our end to continue what, doing what we love, creating mm. videos and all that. And yeah, I just saw that. I was like, fuck, man. That's true. We got, we got to dig deep and find something that kind of has never been done before. And, and of all times to experiment, why not now? Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh you're saying it's inspirational, uh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Then yeah, because worth the checking out. Yeah, like two thousand seven, like wow fuck, like back then and see what it has become. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's I think it's very telling that both of us are looking for something to inspire. Yeah, man, uh. because it's fucking <laughs> shit now. <laughs> it's only it's day not, seven. We yeah, still got no, like three no. more weeks I'm, to I'm, go. I'm not. I'm not saying shit about the work from home. I'm saying oh. just the shitty situation specifically for certain industries, like in media. Yeah. Like honestly, I was just thinking about it the other day. Right, you know, we have we just finished our first TV show, and there were so mm. many things we were looking forward to for future TV shows. But yeah. l- realistically, when is the next time uh, you'll ever see a full movie set again? You know, like with hundreds of people on set being that close. Everything points to social distancing going like for on for don't know how long. So, yeah, yeah it's just time to rethink yeah. a lot of things, la. Yeah, we won't I, and yeah, we won't even be getting Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four on time. So yeah, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, with isn't it a Chinese saying with every day da- or danger? What what's the fucking term? Danger the Chinese, opportunity thing. Yeah, the Chinese term for, uh, the Chinese term for danger has. Is is made the Chinese term for, for crisis is made of two terms, uh, made up of two separate words, mm. uh, uh, danger and opportunity. Oh lord, ma. That's, yeah. that's not just something you see on t-shirts, like it's an actual saying, like, right? Uh, I mean, truth, like. it's I I've I've butchered it for sure. I didn't mm. say exactly how it was, but uh, but essentially that's it, lah. Like, weighty, danger. Weighty. Op- yeah, danger and opportunity. Wow, we are in a time of weighty. Yeah crisis yeah cool cool yep all right so i guess the 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 normal spiels we gotta do is uh check out our yalabat subreddit it's been i mean the comments the like people are leaving kind of cool messages there and very thoughtful um uh comments Mm -hmm. so that that's we'll put that in the link in the show notes and you can also google yalabat subreddit i think someone pointed out that it might not take you somewhere if you put Yalabut separately. So just put it in one word uh, and or go to Reddit and type Yalabut. Um, yeah. Tell one friend about the podcast if you enjoy it. Um, and we will continue to do the twice-weekly podcast. And, and I just want to throw it out there. If anyone feels that maybe a daily podcast would be, would be, would be fine or would be fun or you would listen to it, I don't know, might be something to consider. Oh. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that would be a challenge. <laughs> Like just just <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm just like when when he said it, I was just like, what? We didn't discuss this before, but okay, yeah. If if you think that would be cool, let us know. Yeah, can can tell that. Oh, uh, keeping the, me on my toes. The, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So 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 yeah. So just just let us know. Yep. Cool. 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 Thank you all. All right. Talk to you all soon.